More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Third hour, Clay Ann Buck gets going now. Um, we got the breaking news from the last hour. The president of Harvard is, has resigned. He is no longer in process of she has resigned. The letter is out. And we have found that there are some limits even for the most celebrated DEI hires out there. Uh, there are some limits to what they can do in a professional context without facing any consequences. And that is something that I, w- I don't think you could have said necessarily with any confidence uh, before this resignation happened. It looked like the president of Harvard was going to hold on. Remember, it wasn't additional pressure over the anti-Semitic comments. Um, and, and, you know, what she said, if you remember back to the testimony before Congress was essentially calling for the extermination of the Jews uh, on a campus, it would require context to know how Harvard would respond to that. And that was, that's a shortened version, of, but that's a basically what she said. And understand that is the expectation from the left. She said what the left wanted her to. I think that's important. I think that needs to be kept in mind here. She, she wasn't um, breaking from what the radical left consensus is on that issue. And in the media, they, they've known that the radical left is uh, not just makes room for anti-Semitism, but is often, you know, hand in hand with anti-Semitism. It's some of the more, you know, center left Jewish Americans who I think were a little surprised to find out that despite all of their talk about supporting DEI and inclusion and, you know, uh, diversity is our strength and all that stuff. At the end of the day, the left thinks of them as just white. And therefore they go into the, they go into that whole, um, intersectionality hierarchy with all the other white people. And that means you're the bad guys in a lot of these issues. You're treated as the oppressor. You're treated as the bad person because that is what left-wing intersectionality demands. You don't hear the term intersectionality a lot. I I think maybe it was too, it's too vague. It it doesn't serve the purpose for the left. It's it, It gives it the veneer. It sounds like it's scientific or pseudoscientific. It sounds like it's a serious term 
but it's really just uh, everyone's a victim and everything is based on skin color and and um gender identity and uh, sexual orientation and it's just a question of finding out who's the most oppressed right i mean that's basically intersectionality they don't they don't use the term as much anymore though i think cuz it's too vague it doesn't serve the purposes that they seek um uh, but anyway this was interesting this was the main voice behind or i should say writer behind the 1619 project uh nicole hannah jones uh, she weighed in on this i just wanted this is a flashback to the middle of december december 14th amazing this controversy has been going on for weeks weeks of this uh but here she is on the 14th of december saying that uh, this is you know about it's just about racism against Claudine Gay, play 24. When you think about the fact that Harvard, this nation's oldest university, had about a 370-year explicit racial quota of only hiring white men to be the president, it's laughable to think that the first ever black woman following that unbroken line of white racial quotas is the one who's unqualified. I mean, this is kind of the beauty of how racism works. If you are black and you don't achieve, if you don't succeed at the high echelon just because you're lazy and you're not smart enough if you do achieve and you do succeed and you do rise to the top of your profession it's because you didn't deserve it so as uh, Tony Morrison said this is all really a distraction um, Chris Rufo is, is not a serious person I think that Claudine Gay would have to disagree right now about Chris Rufo and being a serious person clearly a serious person clearly Let's let's take a step back. Let's let's just put on our analysis hats for a moment together here. If Rufo's allegations of I know he's very busy right now. I just reached out to him a second ago, so we'll see. Maybe he'll join us in progress here. I uh, just sent him a text. Um, but if Rufo's allegations of plagiarism were false, don't you think they would have come out right away? Just guns blazing so to speak about oh my gosh look at what rufo he's he's uh slandering he's smearing the president of harvard with these allegations no they're all real because it's it's public record it's stuff that's out there anybody could access some of this because it was published i suppose i guess when she was a uh, grad student at harvard and uh so you know she wrote these papers and you can still go see them you still go read them so anyone could find it and then find the other work include we had dr carol swain on who says yeah she plagiarized my stuff another black female academic who reached uh you know the, the pinnacle of her profession and then was increasingly pushed aside because of her politics um but meaning that she was conservative meaning that she believed in the things that the people listening to this show believe but that's unacceptable uh, if you're going to be a black academic in America who's going to excel, you have to be left wing or else you don't serve the purpose of the left. And therefore, you can't get into these institutions. Um, you know, I remember my my thesis advisor at Amherst and, and general academic advisor was Professor Hadley Arcus. And and he was moved. I, I can't remember how exactly this happened, but he went to the, the building where the deans were. That's where his office was instead of in the political science building, which is a very nice building because, you know, his ideas about how the Constitution is a real thing that you can read were, were too radical for the political science department. Right. So I've seen how insane uh, these left wing campuses can can get and can be. Uh, but this was one of the very rare instances, I think, because the 
the issues here were plain for anyone to see. It's not a, uh, a, a differing accounts. It's not, oh, but, you know, this was what was said in this conversation. Or, you know, this is a, here's what she published. Here's what other people published before her. She stole. That's it. I mean, it's, it's very straightforward. What was the, oh, what was the phrase? They, the euphemism. Man, the euphemism they pulled on this one was was a magnificent thing, wasn't it? It was uh, insufficient citation. I can just imagine if you're if you're a student at Harvard or any other university for that matter, and you decide that you're um you're even caught plagiarizing, uh, you just stand up and say, "Excuse me, excuse me, it's not plagiarism; it's uh, insufficient citation." Thank you. That will be all. I will not take any more questions. Uh, yeah, that wouldn't work. That wouldn't work. But I, so one thing, Chris Rufo is clearly a serious person. I think that's that's funny uh, that Nicole Hannah Jones said that. But I would also ask, okay, um, they should bring Nicole Hannah Jones back on TV now. I'm sure they will, but they should ask her this question. So is Doctor Gay um, qualified or not? Answer that question now. The fifty or sixty, everybody knows the answer. But I would really like to see her defenders explain because they probably say, "Oh yes, yeah, she's still qualified." Really. Really? What does the word qualify mean to the left? What does the word merit mean to the left? You know, what is achievement? Well, they always want, right? They always want to get rid of standardized tests. They always want to get rid of what we could consider to be objective metrics. And yet you sit here and you say, you're, you're not allowed to question the qualifications of a person who's clearly unqualified. That's the game. And and this is at a I'm going to tell you this. I think that part of this is a recognition at Harvard because of its loss at the Supreme Court. Let's not forget Harvard cannot use race explicitly in effectively a stealth quota system to let academically underqualified black, Latino and Native American students into the school. It is unconstitutional. It is racial discrimination. So, you know, we'll see what the, you know, forthcoming classes are, you know, in, in incoming classes, I should say, of Harvard and these other universities are like. But the Supreme Court has made it clear that this is not legitimate. It is not lawful. It is wrong what these universities have. All these elite universities have been doing. And so we're in a different place now because there's also a legal component in the background here. Um, and it's one thing to look at the. The numbers for students who are applying clearly, as we know, Asian American students were being uh, were being uh, you know discriminated against. They were being discriminated against in order to let in uh, oppressed minorities. And it's so interesting, isn't it? That that if you're Asian, you come to this country, you're a Vietnamese immigrant, your parents don't even speak English. They come to this country. And, you know, don't have, you know, uh, a, a dollar to their name when they arrive, but you work really hard and you do really well in school and you're a first immigrate, a first, uh, generation immigrant and you get a 1600 in the SAT at a 4.0 and you don't have any oppression though. So you don't get to go to Harvard. Maybe you get to go to another decent school, but you might not even go to an Ivy League school because there's a lot of Asians with 1600s and 4.0s out there. Just a matter of fact, a matter of statistics, a matter of numbers. This is what came out in the Harvard suit. This is the truth. I have friends who have worked on the admissions boards of some of the most elite uh, schools in the country, and they will never speak to me on the record about any of this, of course, because 
to work there, generally you're talking about people that kind of buy into some of the lib stuff. But, you know, offhand in a social setting, they'll tell you, yeah, of course. Of course they explicitly discriminate. Of course they let kids in from certain, you know, who have certain racial backgrounds um, that would never get in a million years otherwise. And and yet we're all supposed to pretend like that's not what's happening. I think people are fed up with that. It's illegal. It's unethical. Ah, that's right. The courts weighed in on this. Um, and I think that what we see here with uh, the resignation of Dr. Gay is uh, maybe that turning point of, of perception um, that could change things going forward, where we're allowed to say, hold on a second, why is it that 3% of the professors on this campus, that's actually high, it's probably more like 1% of the professors on Ivy League campuses are Republican, 1%. How does that happen? Oh, because all the all the smart people are Democrats. I mean, that's they say really stupid things in defense of this, right? It's exclusion. It's just like a country club, except the country club, instead of being run by people who are like explicitly racist, let's say, is a country club run by people who are explicitly leftist, and they won't let other people into the country club, i.e., the university. That's all. That's why we have the disparity we have in academia. That's why we can't get any Republicans to get tenured professor jobs in any of these places. And even if you are black or Hispanic as a professor and exceptional, if you're not willing to support things like advancing people based on skin color, you know, oppressed minorities based on skin color, you, meaning the black or Latino in this situation, uh, professor or would be professor, you don't get hired either. Like I said, a leftist country club. They get to have a little closed door meeting and decide who gets let into the club. And they are totalitarian Marxists, so they think that they're justified in hurting people and their careers and making it harder for them to support their families and not treating merit as merit for purely ideological reasons. And now it's all, isn't it great? We're, we're seeing more. We're seeing the truth. Man. Uh, it's a good day. It's a good day. I got to say, I didn't, I didn't think this would happen. Um, but the right thing is happening. So. I'll I'll take it. I'll take the I'll take the W here. Also, want to update you. We this is all came about originally because of anti-Semitism. There's um, or, you know Harvard president anti-Semitism, all of that. A couple of other university presidents as well. Uh, what's going on with Israel and Hamas? Uh, High-profile strike on Hamas leadership just occurred in Beirut in Lebanon. Get into some of this and more uh, coming back here in just a moment. You know. Over the holidays, I took a lot of pictures with family and friends. And, of course, Ginger, who always steals the spotlight, although she's getting so big. I think she weighs like 15 pounds now, which to me, she's practically like a woolly mammoth running around my apartment um, because she was so little when we first got her. But remember back in the day when your dad was taking photos and video and and it required a lot of work and, and all these old systems, right? Well, if you're still holding on to those old systems, videotapes, old hard copy photos, This is the year to transfer them to digital files with the help of Legacy Box. This Tennessee-based company transfers photos digitally, film and videos as well, onto digital files. The great thing about it is you don't lose those memories since video and print photos deteriorate with time, but digital is there forever. And so you can share them, you can enjoy them, and your legacy is protected. Legacy Box has a team of more than 200 skilled technicians that hand transfer all of your tapes and photos with care before returning them to all of you along with new digital files. The process is super easy, and the result allows you and your loved ones to be able to see those events again. The memories it brings back are worth everything. Save 50% off Legacy Box regular fees now 
Go to LegacyBox.com slash Buck. That's LegacyBox.com slash B-U-C-K. Making sense in an insane world. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, team. So as I had mentioned to you, there has been, uh, first off, the Israelis, uh, uh, the Israeli Defense Forces, IDF, are uh, pulling back some forces from Gaza. This is uh, more or less unfolding on the timeline that I had told you I had envisaged from the beginning of about a six to eight week military operation. It's a little longer than that, but it's a couple of months. Um, they're still going to continue, but it looks like they're going to be shifting some resources. And, you know, this is going to be more of a um, special operations driven fight than a mass of military force situation. That's That's at least what it looks like to me right now. Um, you have a senior leader of Hamas was just killed in southern Beirut in an attack. Uh, this guy, I don't have to name him, doesn't really matter. Um, a bad guy. Uh, but this shows you that this uh, Israeli response to the horrific events of October 7th is not going to be limited in time and space to the fight in Gaza. Um, and that they will treat this and should treat this in very much the same way that uh, we treated the September 11th attacks where, what did it take us? Uh, I'm trying to remember, what year did we get Bin Laden? Was it 2012 we got Bin Laden? Am I right on that one? Is that right? 2011 or 2012, right? Um, but obviously many years after September 11th. So they are going to hunt down 
the uh, Hamas senior leadership that was involved in this and capture or kill them. And that is the right thing to do. And that is the just thing to do. Um, some of you may have seen, I, I tried to not spend too much time reading about things like this, but over the break, I thought I had an obligation to look into some of the more, the details. Um, for anyone who has a feeling that what Israel is doing uh, in Gaza is somehow unjustified or is excessive i think if they are if they are forced to sit down and read the first-hand accounts of what those uh hamas barbarians did uh on the october 7th attacks and the the viciousness and the hatred and the sadism um that they were all made a central part of the attack and its planning uh, and its execution um if a person can't see after that that what Israel has done here is 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 justified and in fact necessary, and and the state of Israel is obliged to do what it is doing. Uh, I think they have no moral compass whatsoever. They just have no understanding of morality and uh, the right to self defense in the world that we live in. That's that's where I am on that. So we'll uh, we'll take some of your calls here coming up in just a moment on this and more. But you know, if you've got travel plans in the new year, Pure Talk added international roaming in over thirty countries. That's right. If you're a Pure Talk customer, you're now benefiting, benefiting from having coverage in a whole bunch of international locations without any rate increase. Pure Talk still saves the average size family almost $1,000 a year with plans starting at just 20 bucks a month. And they put you on America's most dependable 5G network, so the coverage is second to none. Switch to Pure Talk. It's my cell phone company, and I took advantage of their international roaming coverage when Carrie and I went to Scotland, and it was great. So as I was driving around the Highlands, I, I still had Pure Talk coverage. I was good to go, taking photos, making texts and calls. Pure Talk has excellent customer service, too, all based in the USA. From your cell phone, dial at pound 250. Say the keywords Clay and Buck. Make the switch. You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, dial pound 250. Say Clay and Buck to start saving on wireless now. <laughs> He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my this idea of what do is that is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Clarity and precision are critical on this show. And so I want to make sure that I am addressing these issues, especially as we get into the deep into the legal and constitutional weeds with clarity and precision at all times. One of our listeners, Eric, wrote in. He said, you, you, basically, I'm paraphrasing, but hey, man. Make sure everyone understands the main secretary of state decision hasn't actually moved Trump from the ballot there. It's being it's kind of tricky with the language that's being used. She has made the decision that Trump is ineligible. This is secretary of state Shenna Bellows. So she has said he is ineligible and therefore he will be taken off the ballot, comma, if it stands, but at the bottom of, and this is from the Maine.gov um, Department of the Secretary of State of Maine site, says, given the compressed time frame, the novel constitutional questions involved, the importance of this case, and impending ballot preparation deadlines, Secretary Bellows has suspended the effect of her decision until the Superior Court rules on any appeal or the time to appeal has expired. Okay, well, th- this doesn't really change anything. It doesn't really mean anything, right? She's just saying, oh... I have said that Trump is ineligible, but we're not going to do anything about his eligibility until the courts look at this and the courts decide. Well, yeah, I mean, the election is is um, 10 months away. Right. So and obviously they're going to challenge us in court. But she's giving herself a little bit of of this this out because she's probably going to be overturned in uh, Maine state superior court. And if she's not, then it's going to go to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court's going to have to expedite review of all this stuff. It's it's going to have to weigh in. Um, and and I wonder if any other states are going to plan and are, are going to do this. Um, maybe they just realize it as a political ploy, and so it turns into a a oh yeah I'm doing it also Secretary of State of you know California New York all these different places. I mean you know New York's already busy trying to use the law to destroy Trump in nefarious ways they had the civil trial of trump they got the criminal trial of trump in new york city um and i i gotta tell you one thing that i see on all this is still uh, i i can't believe that the people pushing all of this stuff meaning the legal stuff against trump the the criminal indictments and now these ballot removal measures um i can't I can't imagine that they believe that this is the direction it would be going in, meaning that Trump support would just keep going up and up and, and not just among Republicans, independents, 
swing voters in the swing states. This is showing young voters, 25 to 35, are showing a move toward Trump that, you know, for this to be a mirage, for this to be some kind of conspiracy, 8D chess, you know, they're, they're not that clever. They're not all these different entities and organizations can't be manufacturing this. The poll numbers, the sentiment, it's not possible. It's real. I'm not saying it won't change. I'm not saying there can't be a shift here. Clearly, Democrats are banking on that. But the phenomenon that we are all experiencing in this country right now of the get Trump at all costs approach backfiring as of today, right now, it is backfiring. Will it in three months, six months, nine months? We got to see. We got to see. But as of right now, uh, all the data we can point to shows that it's not going the way that they wanted it to, not going the way they anticipated that it would. Um, here we go. Pat in Springdale, Wisconsin. What's going on, Pat? Buck. Fellow New Yorker transplanted to Springdale, Wisconsin, to Dane County near Madison, the belly of the beast. Oh wow! Yeah, the, like the, the really the birthplace of American progressivism. Yes, I taught uh, in the art department for uh, twenty-five years, uh, and there were out of a faculty of thirty-seven, there were three of us who were right of center. <laughs> wow, well, that's actually a little high. I would have thought you were the only one, so I'm glad you at least had some fellow. <laughs> sane teachers i had i had a lot of fun and uh thank god for rush i started listening to him in 88 and he helped me keep my head from exploding ah i i, I absolutely well you had great taste in radio so what's on your mind pat well uh i posted on x this morning uh about dr gay i said that students uh, booted out for plagiarism should um, start a class action suit hmm. against Harvard. Well, I mean, I, I would have seen that maybe so if I, they if they had kept Professor or uh, Doctor Gay, but now that she's out, right? You know, what's the what's the cause of action? Can't do it now, but this was before. So I'm not taking credit for her resigning <laughs> from my ex post, but. I did. I did mention it this morning, and <laughs> well, and I, I think you're. I think you're right. Insofar as it's just, there's no argument. There's no defense of no. students get kicked out for doing what the president did so many times. Right? You, 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 and, that and, just doesn't work. And students at Harvard are speaking out. One student, uh, I read an article who uh, was on a committee reviewing uh, students booed after plagiarism was speaking out. Uh, thankfully, and, and like you, Buck. I I thought I don't want to get too excited about this, but I thought this is uh, maybe a micro move in the right, no pun intended, uh, direction. And I'm I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I'm hopeful that it is because it would be good for the country. Pat, thank you for for calling in. I hope uh, hope things aren't too chilly up there in Wisconsin. Wendy on Long Island, what's going on, Wendy? I just wanted to comment on the Israel-Hamas situation. No one should be surprised about about Israel's reaction to tracking down every last Hamas leader and person that did this to Israel, just like they did in the Munich um, incident in the Olympics. And the people in Gaza should be very happy 
that the Israelis are not taking a more biblical response. Remember what happened in the story of Dina in the Bible? So, if anybody really cared about what was happening to the people in Gaza, they would call for total surrender of Hamas. But the protesters here don't care. The country leaders in our planet Earth doesn't, don't care. And I don't even think the people in Gaza care. So I say, let's surrender. Let's get rid of them because there's no way that they're staying. Wait, let's, who should surrender? The Hamas. Oh, yeah. We're calling for ceasefire. There's no ceasefire. We're not having a ceasefire. No, you're saying let's go until they surrender. You just, you said let's surrender. I thought you meant you're, you're, okay. No, 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 no. The world leaders, the protesters here in the United States and the people in Gaza themselves should be calling for Hamas to surrender. Yes, 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 totally. No, look, I, I, thank you. Thank you for calling in. I, I completely agree with that. Uh, if Hamas cared at all about civilian casualties, um, they would have, well, first of all, they wouldn't have engaged in a mass casualty attack against civilians um, where they were raping women and murdering babies and doing so intentionally to be as sadistic and vile and evil as possible. And and then uh, beyond that, look, I, I it's interesting. I'll tell you, uh, I have a number of friends, especially people I know from the special operations community who know up close and personal this evil, um, this jihadist psychopathy, because they fought it quite literally, door-to-door, house-to-house in Ramadi and Fallujah and Mosul and Kirkuk and um, those who were in Afghanistan, you know, that's in Iraq, and those who were in Afghanistan were doing the same in Kabul and Jalalabad. And uh, it, it's they, they know this. They've seen this. You know, they've been walking through the fields of Helmand and seen the, the handiwork of the Taliban and the evil and the this, 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 this mentality. So I, I have friends, like I say, in the special operations world who they see Hamas as just the same virus that they were dealing with, with Al Qaeda in Iraq and, you know, with Al Shabaab in Somalia and with the Taliban and the Haqqani network in Pakistan and Afghanistan and, you know, chopping off people's heads on video, being as, as, as vicious and cruel and bloodthirsty as possible as part of some totalitarian ideology that is divorced from reality and completely insane. Um, the, the, so a lot of the, the special operations guys I talked to are like, yeah, Israel should go and kill all these Hamas bad guys, and that's it. But you get other people that are, oh, but isn't it amazing? Where were they about about all the civilian casualties in Yemen? They don't talk about this. They don't even know. They don't even know. They don't even care. All the civilian casualties in Syria, they don't even know. They don't even care. It's only when when Jews are involved that all of a sudden the left... And the forces of anti-colonialism, of anti-whiteness, all of a sudden they all mobilize and start pretending to care about civilian deaths. It's, it's very convenient for them, but for those of us who understand these realities and see what is really going on, I think um, I think it's quite clear. Uh, I think there's no... Uh, I, I, I don't see this at all as a as a two sides issue. I don't think of this as, oh, they, you know, Hamas and Israel, they both have these challenges and problems. Israel has to do here what it has to do. Um, and it's very clear. And uh, I couldn't support them in this mission more than I currently do. Um, oh, and not a peep. Uh, thank you, Producer Ali, about all the Christians slaughtered in Nigeria. Who did that slaughtering, Boko Haram? What is Boko Haram, a jihadist terror group? What does Boko Haram want? 
the creation of a caliphate in Nigeria. I've been to this part of the world, folks. I know what they're up to. I understand this group. And uh, Boko Haram, if it weren't for ISIS, would have been for a number of years the deadliest terror group in the world. They sent suicide bombers in to blow themselves up in Christian churches, in Catholic churches, full of you know women, children, they don't care. And uh, how much concern have you seen about this in the media? Not a lot. Just wonder why that is. All right, look, you've heard the phrase, the greatest threat may be the enemy within versus the enemy you think is coming at you. Well, at least one former Wall Street insider thinks we'll be encountering serious challenges this year with the potential collapse of the U.S. dollar. you got to remember that our U.S. dollar has been the de facto world currency for dozens and dozens of nations around the world for decades now. But just less than a week ago, two nations, Iran and Russia, announced they would trade with one another using their own currencies and not our dollar. Will more nations follow? Look, it's definitely possible. That's why Mr. Tika Tawari just released an informative video to help you prepare. Go to MoveYourCashNow.com to learn the three steps you need to take to protect and grow your wealth in this new year. Again, that's MoveYourCashNow.com so you can be fully informed on all that's going on. MoveYourCashNow.com, paid for by Palm Beach Research Group. You don't know what you don't know, right? But you could on the Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I 
detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're going to be closing up shop today on Clay and Bach. And I can't believe it, first show of the year in the books. My, oh my. Um, we will have uh, Clay back with us on Friday. So I'm going to be solo with you for today, tomorrow, Thursday. And uh, we'll have a lot of ground to cover in those days. Also want to remind you, it's a new year, a new day, a new time to become a Clay and Buck VIP. Go to clayandbuck.com uh, and uh, please subscribe. You become a VIP, you send us VIP emails. You also are supporting all that we do here on the show and get uh, cool things coming your way in 2024 as a VIP. So there's much to discuss on that front. Uh, look, I, people keep asking me for, um, they keep asking me for predictions. You know, who's going to win this or how's this going to go or how's this trial going to go? And I, I really tell you, I got to approach this with, with a degree of humility because if I had told you, I mean, this was one of my, one of my main thoughts, recurring thoughts, uh, at the end of 2023 going into 2024, if I had told you that this is where we would be, exactly a year ago if i had said that there would be four criminal indictments against donald trump that donald trump would surge far ahead of all of his republican competitors and all the polls in advance of iowa i know not a vote has been cast yet we'll talk more about iowa tomorrow but that all of this would happen um yeah you would have thought i was kind of nuts right i mean that that you would have four criminal indictments Two states have moved. In one case, it's a judge. In another case, it's a state secretary of state who's now kind of deferring to the judges, but started the process of removing Trump from the ballot. So this is all just a way of saying, I, I think that, uh, oh, God, am I going to say be, you know, expect the unexpected? I don't know. I was trying to avoid that. We just got hit by a cliche bus. I'm sorry. The cliche bus has run over us here on the show. Ow. We'll be okay. But that really is where all this is going. Um, you know, for me, I kept asking you the question, what's the plan that the Democrats have? What are they going to do? Um, and uh, they can't just walk into this thinking that Joe Biden's going to defeat Donald Trump without a whole lot of help, right? You remember, I love the movie Gladiator. Uh, I, agree, I agree with Clay's wife that it's one of my all-time favorites. I believe it's uh, Clay's uh, wife's favorite movie, Laura's favorite movie of all time. I would have a top five, maybe even top three for me. But remember, there's a scene at the end where uh, Commodus, who did historically, and he was the son of Marcus Aurelius. So Marcus Aurelius, great stoic thinker, had some problems with his dad, apparently. Uh, Commodus was a degenerate and, and, uh, in a whole bunch of ways, but he did, he did actually get into the, uh, amp, uh, the, uh, Coliseum, not to go against Maximus, but anyway, um, but before they want to make it look like there's a real fight, but before they put the armor on Maximus, he gets stabbed. I think it stabs him kind of in the, in the kidneys or kind of in the, that, that area so that he's basically bleeding out in real time, but the armor is covering it up. Uh, the Democrats won an election that politically speaking feels like that. Like th they can't win an election without 
pulling a Commodus and doing something really dastardly, really some level of cheating. Um, and I really believe that at this point. Cause look what they're doing. If they didn't believe that, why wouldn't they just let the election play out? Brad in Winston, Winston Salem, North Carolina. What's going on, Brad? Hey, thanks for taking the call. Long time listener, first time getting through. Thanks so much, man. Uh, yeah, 15 years ago, I did, uh, went to Ukraine, met my fiance, brought her back with a fiance visa, and, uh, did a green card, you know, uh, got citizenship, all that. It's very frustrating to see all this illegal immigration going on. It's a slap in the face that people do it legally. Um, and I, I'm in the home improvement business and I see a lot of international clients and they're pissed. They did it legally. And for what? You know, yeah, oh, abs- absolutely. Maybe we ought to get a refund. Maybe we ought to. I ought to petition my uh, senator or my representative for a refund. I, look, I, I think you'd be on solid ground to do so, at least ethically. I mean, it's outrageous. You know, we have so, we have so many uh, legal immigrants who listen to this show, and they all say the same thing to me. They're like, "How do? How should I not feel like I'm? You know, uh, I'm being you know messed over here by this situation?" And, and the answer is, they should feel that way. Years and years, lawyer fees, waiting and all this. You could just show up and say, I'm scared to be in my country. And then, you know, Biden says I can stay. Anyway, it's an outrage, folks. We'll handle more of that and a whole lot more coming up tomorrow. Um, Thanks so much for hanging here. I will uh, have a great show in store for you. Until then, some of you remember Original Saturday Squad. We used to say it, shields high. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. On the front lines of truth. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Avito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.